Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Here ends the reading. I have an incredible opportunity for you today. Now, before you start to feel a little nervous, I'm not going to try to sell you Ellie's car. That isn't going to happen. But instead, I have something else that I would like to sell you. I would like to sell you a different way in which you might reflect upon healthcare. So why is this an opportunity? The reason why it's an opportunity is we have positioned ourselves as a society in a prime time to reevaluate, re-reflect upon, reform our healthcare system. And then you may be asking yourself, well, what in the world does this have to do with church and spirituality? It has everything to do with it. Because if we are going to take advantage of this opportunity, then we have to do it based upon values that are not only applicable for Christians, but for all religions and for those who claim no religion. 50% of Americans get their health care through their employers. And with this spike in unemployment because of the pandemic, a lot of individuals have lost their health care. So not only do you have the challenge of trying to remain safe and do your part within the larger community, but there's a lot of families that are stressed that if they were to get COVID-19 or just any other illness that hits them that requires medical care beyond the norm, that can create a great deal of stress, not only physically, but psychologically and emotionally, because they don't have the resources to pay for that expense. That's why right now, in the midst of this pandemic, It is a perfect opportunity for us to step back and re-examine our whole healthcare system. The good news is, is the majority of individuals believe that we should have access to affordable healthcare. 
Now, where the disagreement arises is what that looks like. That's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about is the values that are foundational, that are underlying this whole healthcare issue. And the challenge we face is that those values right now are in conflict with each other. The one is individualism. That's the core for many Americans of who we are. We have this raw individualistic side of us. And it makes sense given the history of our nation and how we came about to be able to survive, to be able to thrive. We had to focus on taking care of ourselves. And in that individualism, it became very important for your own personal freedom, for your own free will. But that individualism also brought about with it an emphasis on limited government and a lack of trust in government. And so when it comes to health care, that individualism says, I am responsible for my health care. That then makes you responsible for your health care. A perfect example of this individualism is found in these words. Don't force me to shelter in place against my will. I can take care of myself. If I want to work, shop, or go party with my friends, that's my call. I'll accept the risk. And anyway, the only people facing a significantly elevated likelihood of death from the illness are the elderly. So, worry about them and get your niggling, do-gooder, nanny state nonsense out of my face. You're not the boss of me. Let me live my life and make my own choices about what risks I'm willing to accept. That captures the essence of individualism in our society today. So if that's the one value that is underlying this whole discussion of healthcare, then what is that other one? What's the other value that is in conflict with that? That value is social solidarity. The sense that we are interconnected, that we belong together. We are interdependent upon each other. And this is nothing new. This is a value that has existed for thousands of years. You go back and look at some of the laws of the early Israelites. They captured in their laws this sense of solidarity, that we belong together. The story is told in the Bible that when the children of Israel came into this, quote, promised land, that the land was divided. It was demarcated to each tribe. So while they were tribal, there was also this greater sense of all belonging together. And then within each tribe, different clans and families were allocated land. And one of the greatest ways that they emphasized social solidarity was through their land. They were agricultural society. So at times of harvest, 
They made sure that when they went out to glean the fields, they made sure they left some on the periphery for those who didn't have as much. In that society, they would also have taxes. And the taxes went to help those individuals who had less than, to provide resources for the entire community. So social solidarity is something that was in the Old Testament, and it was something that was also very important to Jesus. In the parable of the one lost sheep, business-wise, that's not a really smart parable. If you got 99 sheep, what's one worth? Is it worth risking the cost of harming the other 99 while you're out trampling through the, the brush trying to find one rebellious sheep who wasn't taking care of himself, not being responsible? Is it worth it? Apparently, Jesus wanted us to see that social solidarity means we truly do belong to each other. There aren't just the least. And if there are, quote, the least, Jesus says, pay attention to the least among us. So this sense of belonging and this interconnected was a rich part of who Jesus was. And that is fully seen in a phrase that we today probably aren't as comfortable with. It's called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So some churches will call it the reign of God or the kingdom of God. But for Jesus' day, it was a, matri a patriarch. It was about the imperial state. So the kingdom of God is the language he chose to use. Today, I think it would be better to reflect upon the oneness of humanity. What it means to be in social solidarity. To be connected with each other. To belong to each other. But if there are these two values that are fighting against each other, individualism and healthcare and social solidarity in healthcare. Why does right now give us a perfect opportunity to address this in order to deal with this pandemic, with these two conflicting values? We are going to have to think about our priorities. One author in particular, Dan Callahan, Daniel Callahan, says the following, we will not be able to work out the problems of our healthcare system unless we shift our priorities and bias from an individual-centered to a community-centered view of health and human welfare. The objective is not to get rid of individual autonomy. Here it is. But to temper Temper the significance of free choice and individualism according to the good of the whole. To keep autonomy from being such a moral obsession that it pushes other values aside. We have this opportunity because of this pandemic to come together and rethink those core values. However, there are forces at play right now, forces in the forms of groups and individuals, 
who will do everything within their power to keep us leaning toward an individualistic side as a country. There used to be the day when we would have the political primaries. And when these were happening, our candidates within a given party would tend to either be on the left or on the right. So, for example, let's say within the Democratic Party. You had some that were left-leaning. You had some that were right-leaning. Once a decision was made by that party on who their nominee would be for the general election, that individual, be it on the left or the right, would begin to recenter themselves in the midst of their party. That happened on the Republican side. And then the eventual individual who became the president of the United States would also begin to track more toward the center, reuniting all parties together in social solidarity. That center group is shrinking. And individuals and groups have realized that they can maintain a sense of control if they can keep us on the peripheries, and especially on this issue of healthcare, if they can get us thinking about that it is so insurmountable, and what the left wants and what the right wants are so against each other, then we never stop and really reflect the values that are underlying that issue. The balance between individualism and social solidarity we have the opportunity to come up with creative insights, creative ideas on how to bring these two together. But I'm not going to leave you just with that general vague idea. I want to bring it home in a, in a very practical way. How then can we take the value of social solidarity bring it up at least to the same level as individualism, and then talk about what it would look like if it even outweighed the other a little bit. But in order to do that, we need to think about two things. That the value of social solidarity is a part of the core of who we are. Social solidarity, that value becomes an attitude that we begin to possess within ourselves. Here's a practice that you can try. Think about what it means for you to go over and flip on a light switch. Think what it means to be able to go over to your kitchen sink and turn that knob and get water. Think about how that comes about. If you want, take a piece of paper and begin to trace it from the source of the water itself to the time it finally comes out of your kitchen tap. How many systems, how many people does it take to make that happen? Flipping of a light switch. When we think about a vaccine for this COVID-19, Think about all of the countries that are coming together and groups that are working together 
social solidarity as a value is something that starts within us as an attitude when we truly realize how interconnected and interdependent we are with each other. We know what happens when one person who is infected with this virus, how they can share that with so many people. So this is an opportunity for us to realize that this sense of attitude of social solidarity within ourselves can make a world of difference. But it has to be something that arises from in here. You begin to see yourself as a piece of the greater whole. You begin to resonate with Paul when he talks about a body being the imagery of all people. That we all have different roles to play within our society. Right now, we're continuing to hear the term essential employees, essential workers. And I don't want to take away from that in no way. Because there are individuals who are putting their lives at a higher risk than others because of something that we as a society need. When we call them essential workers... It's the second word that concerns me. What makes people then essential is what they do. The job or the action they do on behalf of society. What if our attitude shifted and we saw all people as essential? And that's how we'll get through this pandemic. That's how we can make a better society. That's how we can have affordable health care that is accessible for as many people as possible. When we realize inside we need each other. So if that's the first step is a sense of attitude, then the second one when it comes to social solidarity as a value is it becomes a duty. It's not an option. It's not something that we may, may not want to do depending upon how we feel or what we're thinking. We rate our values, and if we put social solidarity towards the top, then that informs my actions and my words. When I go out in public, do I wear a mask? Maybe because it's a risk and I don't want to take that risk, but it also can be a sign of social solidarity, meaning you and I are in this together. Physical distancing from each other is another great way for us to, to fulfill our duty to each other. The way that we vote, and I'm going to mention one that maybe you may not agree with, and that's okay. What about taxes? We continue to talk about cutting taxes. But it should at least we have the discussion of what it looks like for a community to be one together and provide the basic services and rights for each other, including health care. Jesus talked a lot about a kingdom of God. And in that kingdom, 
He said it wasn't something that was going to happen just in the future. It was happening right now. Today, we have an incredible opportunity to re-examine a major need and some would say a major human right for health care. But that means you and I have to stop and reconsider what our values are underlying that. That's the difference you and I can make right now as we decide where this creative tension is between individualism and social solidarity. What is needed? And how do we make that real and live it out in such a way that other people begin to be influenced by our words and by our actions? Something to think about this week. So stay healthy and take care of yourself. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.